Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. So good to be here today. If you're online with us, we're glad you're here as well. Um, today is a big day. We're starting our small groups, our third trimester of groups in the pews. You will find a catalog of all of our groups. You will find a sign-up card. You can also go to the QR code on the screen behind me. Our goal, our hope here at Shiloh is that everyone is connected in a group. So we want you to find a group and plug in. Our small groups team has a prize. If you sign up today, they're going to give a prize. They're going to put you in a drawing. They're going to give a prize because we have some procrastinators here, um, typically. And so um, sign up today and you'll get a chance to win an amazing gift. So this is week two of this series called Washed. And if you were not here last week, let me take just a second to kind of catch you up. We're walking through the idea of baptism, but we're looking through Old Testament narratives. These narratives that continue to show up and show us some patterns. And so last year, last week we looked at the Red Sea and this crossing. As Israel arrives at the Red Sea, on one side you have the Egyptian army, on the other side you have a watery grave, and God's presence shifts from in front of the army of Israel to behind them. And He casts a shadow. And now Israel is left with this decision to go backwards into the darkness or to go forward into a watery grave. And they walk through the watery grave into new life, into a world that was not a possibility just moments before as they begin this new world. And so Paul picks up on this in Corinthians and he says this, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that has accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. They were baptized into Moses. And we talked about that phrase, baptized into Moses. What does that mean? It, it means at that moment as they walked through the water, they became Moses' people. They, they were submitting, surrendering their life to Moses as their leader, and they were going to follow him wherever it led them. And so Moses stretches out his arms, and they walk through the water on dry ground. And so this pattern starts to emerge really early in Scripture that's through the water into new life. But it was never just the, simply the salvation narrative where it's walking through the water into new life, that that narrative was a part of a much bigger story. This idea that we're going to be people of faith who repent and follow the Father, who are baptized through the water, that are filled with the Spirit of God that's going to lead them. That they became the community of believers. And this community together is on mission that God has sent them together to live out. And so their mission on the other side of the water is to the promised land. But the promised land wasn't just a quick journey. It wasn't we're through the water and now here is the promised land. It's an easy journey. It's all going to go well. Israel spends the next 40 years of their life wandering. And it's amazing how easy it is for them to forget. There was a college professor who was in one of his last years of teaching. 
and he stood before his class and he said, class, I need you to understand a couple of things as we get started this semester. I'm getting up in age a little bit and there's three things that I can't remember. I don't remember names. I don't remember faces. And I don't remember the other thing I don't remember. But all of us have that tendency to forget. All of us forget. And you think back, like just hit rewind in your life 30 years ago for some of you. Okay? 30 years ago, how many phone numbers did you have memorized? Right? It was nothing to pick up your home phone. We had these home phones. They were attached to a wall with this cord. And you couldn't really go anywhere unless you had a long cord. And then you could take it in your room and talk on the phone in your room. But you could, you could memorize so many phone numbers. Right? Now today, memorization has gotten so much more difficult with all there is to remember. I, I go to Walgreens to pick up prescriptions for my kids, and I always feel like I'm at a test that I did not study for. What's their birthday? Oh. October 3rd, 22nd, or 24th. But then they ask me the great question, what's your address? I know that one. <laughs> Got that down. But, but, but there's so many things that we have to remember today. Right? And you, you think about all the movies that you've seen and all the books that you've read. And you have social security number. And, and you have credit cards that you put in online. And, and you have PIN numbers. And then you have passwords. And every site has some little intricacy that has to be different. You need a number sign, or you need a number, or you need a capital letter. And our brains are bombarded with so many things that cloud our memory. So many things that make it difficult for us to remember. And the people of Israel struggle. As they walk through the wilderness, they struggle to remember. And they're going to spend the next 40 years of their life on the other side of the Red Sea, journeying to the Promised Land. With Moses as their leader. And then, what, what I think is probably the most unfair moment in all of the Bible, and we've talked about this before, the most unfair moment in all of the Bible, God looks at Moses and He says, because you have not listened to me, because you have not honored me as holy, you are not going into the promised land. One, one time, Moses does something that God says he should not have done. He says, speak to the rock, he strikes the rock, Water comes out. That's all he does. And God says, you don't get to go in. I'm sorry, but if you listen to the complainers that Moses led, if you listen to the frustration that he must have had, and you can say, well, God told him not to do that, and he did. I hope God does not judge me that way. One mistake, and he does not get to go in. 
And, and that is where I would assume Moses is going to complain, and Moses is going to whine, and Moses is going to say, God, this is not fair. How can I be this close? I can see the promised land right there. Let me walk across the river and everything will be good. But Moses doesn't do that. It says Moses died there on the mountain, looking across the river at the promised land. And he dies in peace. You say, well, how in the world? This journey that he's been on for the past 80 years following the direction of God. How in the world are you not angry? How are you not upset? How are you not frustrated? I'll tell you the reason. Because Moses had found something better than the promised land. The presence of God. Journeying, walking, wandering for 40 years. And he's found something greater. And Moses dies, never crossing over the Jordan. Now Joshua is the leader. And Joshua is leading the people that were Moses' people. This generation removed from the Red Sea crossing. Now they have a new leader. Picking up in verse 5. As I, and this is God talking to, to Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Verse 7. Be strong and be very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Speak it over yourself. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I have... Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God tells him, you're going to be strong and courageous because I am going to be with you. Because I'm going to be there. Now, the road on the other side is not going to be easy. You're going to pass through the water, and there's going to be difficult days that come on the other side. And if there weren't, you wouldn't have to be strong and courageous. There would be no reason to say, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Because if it was going to be an easy road on the other side, there would not be a need for that. 
But God promises them. The only thing He promises them is His presence. The only thing He promises is His presence. Now, I know some of you are like, no, 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 no. He promised them an inheritance. He promised them land. No, understand, this was part of a covenant. And a covenant is conditional. If you will do this, then I will do this. The only thing He promises them unconditionally is I will be with you. My presence will be in your life. And it will be clear and you will see. So Joshua listens to the voice of God and he gathers all the people around and he speaks to them. Chapter 3. Listen to this. This is how you will know. This is how you're going to This is going to be a sign for you. When this happens, you're going to know, okay? You're going to know that the living God is among you. This is how you will know that my presence is with you. This is how you will know that I am here in your midst. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. Verse 11. See the Ark of the Covenant, which, which is the presence of God, of the Lord, of all the earth, will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, Choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priest who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, sets foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and they will stand up in a heap. This is how you're going to know. When the ark steps into the river, when it steps into the water, All of the waters are going to be pushed back. And then you will know that God is among you. It's going to be in the waters that you're going to see the presence of God. And you're going to know that the living God is among you. My presence will be seen in the water. You're going to step into the water as the waters push back and you're going to know that God is among you. So verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage, all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who had carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. This is how you're going to know 
that my presence is with you. This is how you're going to know that I am here in your midst. When you step into the water, the waters are going to push back. And you and the people of Israel are going to walk through the water on dry ground. And you're going to walk through the water into a new world. A world that awaits you. And you're going to see my presence in the water. And you're going to know that I am with you. The water will be a sign of the promise of my presence. The water will be a sign of the promise of my presence. That I am with you. And so Joshua says to the people as they cross by, these 12 men from the tribes, I want you to pick up a rock out of the Jordan. And we're going to place it at the place that we sleep tonight as a memorial. Why do you have a memorial? To remember. So that you don't forget. So that when you see the memorial, you are reminded of the day that you walked through the water. The day that you walk through the water into a new world. Into a new life. A life that did not exist. It's to remember the day that God's presence led them and sustained them and held them up. This is how you will know that the Lord your God is among you. So Israel, remember, be strong and be courageous And don't be afraid. Do not get discouraged. But if if God's presence is with them, why would they need to be strong and courageous? Why would they not need to be afraid or discouraged? Because on the other side of the water, there's going to be more problems. See, that's always been true. Because they were slaves in Egypt and they were crying out to God, Lord, save us. Get us out of here. And God does. He frees them. And as they're fleeing, they find themselves in this place of celebration. But the celebration is cut short because Pharaoh's army is right on their hills. And they cry out to God. And they beg God. And they plead with God. And Moses stretches out his hands. And he leads the people through the water. And he wipes the Egyptians away in the Red Sea. And and there you think, well, then life has to get better. But they get into the desert and there's nothing to drink. And they need water. And God provides water. And they celebrate. But now they're hungry. Because they don't have anything to eat. And God provides food. Are you starting to see a pattern? That even though God stepped in and carried them through one struggle or one trial, there was another one waiting on the other side. But I think we all know and understand that's life. 
right? You go through these trials. You go through these difficult days. Life is hard. And then there are these moments on the other side where you look back and you say, God, you took us through and you carried us and your presence was there. And God, we're certain of it. But let me ask a question. Or more difficult day is going to continue to show up. See, just because you make it through one trial doesn't mean there aren't not more on the other side. And God never promises them, hey, walk through the water and everything will be easy from that moment forward. God only promises His presence. He only promises, I will be with you. And I will walk with you. And I think the water is a reminder. It's a reminder that He promises His presence. See, that where I am makes no difference. Because your presence is there with me. See, and here's the thing. God gives them the inheritance that He swore to them. This part of this covenant. But the cost was too great. And they couldn't keep it. They, they couldn't keep their end of the covenant. And Israel finds themselves, who, who had the promised land, who were right there, find themselves as wanderers and aliens and foreigners. A people searching for their home. A people searching for life. A people looking for the answer. When it seems that once again, we're longing for the presence of God. So here's a question. What if the inheritance... What if the inheritance was never about the land? Oh, no, no, no. That, that God told them He would give them this inheritance. What if Moses discovered a different inheritance? What if this journey that he went on 40 years through the wilderness was never about the land? What if in this journey he found something greater than a physical location? Because you can ask the question, Moses, how can you die? How can you be that close? And not complain, and not whine, and not beg, and not plead, and die in peace. 
Because as he walked, leading those people through the wilderness, those past 40 years, it did not matter where they were. It did not matter what was what mattered to Moses was that the presence of God was there. That's the only way in my mind. The only way in my mind that it makes sense that Moses can just say, okay, fine. I found something greater. I found something bigger. Whatever happens, wherever we are, God's presence is there. In Galatians, Paul picks up on this in chapter 3. He says, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. And there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That when you are in Christ, when you're baptized into Him, you become His children. You, you put Him on. You clothe yourself in Him. And in doing so, you become a child of God. You become an heir of the promise. And as I think about heirs, I think about the story of the prodigal son. Remember you have the, the younger brother who goes off and the, younger, the older brother who stays home and is so angry that his father shows grace to the younger as he comes home. And then the father says this most amazing thing. He says, my son, you were always with me and everything I have is yours. Right? When, when you are with the father, everything else you have is from Him. Everything He has to offer is yours in Christ. The inheritance, the land, forgiveness, grace, hope, life, it is all yours. See, when you surrender your life to the Father, all you get is the Father. And that is more than enough. Because when you have the Father, you have every good gift that He gives to His children. Remember, this is how you're going to know that God is among you. You're going to see my presence in the water. You're going to know that God is among you. Maybe our baptism is this moment that we point back to. Maybe it's this moment of remembering. 
Because if I were to ask you right now, tell me, tell me about the moment that you came up out of the water. My guess is most of you will remember that. Most of you will remember the people that were gathered around you. Most of you will remember what you were thinking and how you were feeling. Because the water was this place that we can point back to and say, I remember that day where God's presence was over my life and God's presence was in me and God's presence was among me. And here's why it's so important. Because those difficult days are going to continue to come. And you're going to question the presence of God and the leading of God. And you have this most incredible moment to look back to and say, no, no, that was the day that Jesus came down and entered my life and filled me with his presence, and now I get to walk with him. And those days when, they get, when it gets difficult and I start to forget, I'm reminded that you were there, that you were with me. I saw your presence in the water. Because we remember we remember that day. Because we ask, well, will I make it? God is among you. What about when the road gets hard? God is among you. Do I want to continue on with life? God is among you. Is it worth it? God is among you. I'm by myself. God is among you. I'm alone. God is among you. I'm afraid. God is among you. I'm lost. God is among you. I need help. God is among you. I'm hurting. God is among you. I'm lonely. God is among you. I'm abused. God is among you. I'm lost. God is among you. I'm addicted. God is among you. I'm stuck. God is among you. I'm uncertain. God is among you. I'm worn out. God is among you. The only thing God promises is His presence. And when we're baptized into Christ, that's what we get. That's what we get. We get the Father. And we get the Son. And that is more than enough. Because through the Son, you get His presence, and you get His Spirit, and you get His forgiveness, and you get His full and abundant life. You get Jesus, and that is more than enough. See, and Moses discovered that. Moses found that out. Moses... Are you not frustrated that you have not gotten to the promised land? No! Because I have found something so much greater.
presence of God in my life. This mill that we're fixing to take is another one of those reminders reminding us of God's presence in our life. That is together as the people of God and the community of God. We take this bread and we take this cup as a reminder of His presence. His presence that is here in this place as we gather. So let's take the bread. Father, we thank You so much for this gift. This gift that reminds us of the greatness of Your love. That this greatness of Your love was never about what we would get out of it. It was never about making it to a destination. Father, You will take care of the destination. But Father, what we get is the inheritance. What we get is the prize. And that prize is You. And so Father, as we break this bread, as we share this meal together, we proclaim Your death and Your burial and Your resurrection. We proclaim that You are alive and that You are among us. And as we walk through the water, Father, that we got to see Your presence. And because of that, we continue to see Your presence day after day. And so, Father, we thank You for this gift. We thank You for this bread. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.